Welcome to the Young, Fun, and Sober podcast. I am your host, Blazik, aka Sober Guy Journal. And I'm Julia, also known as That One Sober Friend on TikTok. Knowing what I know now, I wouldn't change anything except to feel more emotionally slow down. Life's a merry go round. Things ain't merry when you're going through the motions, fulfillment, lies, and emotions. So why go through life unavailable? You're unfailable. This how that I've been on is incomparable. You got a wrist brace on. I do. <laughs> I, was, I injured smaller. myself um, when I was bouldering, not this past Friday, but the Friday before that. Um, it's hard for me to explain in like non-technical terms um but basically like I'm working on so with bouldering there's like levels there's v1 v2 v3 v4 v5 that's how it goes up and the higher the number the harder it gets and I was I'm working on my first v3 and I was pretty close on that Friday but my arms were starting to get really, really tired and my, the palms of my hands were like really ripped up. So I was like, I can't keep trying this V3, but I wanted to like end on a positive. <laughs> I'm doing air quotes when I'm saying that. And so I went to go do this V2 that I've already done before. But what I really should have been doing is listening to my body of like, my arms are too tired for me to go up this, this project, this route. But I did it anyways, like an idiot. And when I was up there, um, my right arm just like gave out. My right arm just said, nope, we're not holding on anymore. And so in order to keep me on the wall, I was just holding on with my left hand. And because of the grip, it's called a jug, like because of the grip and like the angle of the wall, um, it was pretty much just like my whole body weight was on my left thumb. Like everything was on my left thumb. And I think I like hyperextended it for too long. And then I did fall, but I fell like the right way. I didn't hurt myself when I fell. Um, it's just when I went to go grab my water bottle, it was like sharp pain in my left hand. So I knew I did something wrong. Right. And no, I didn't break anything, but like three days had gone by and it still wasn't feeling better. So my mom was like, please go to a doctor. <laughs> so then I did and they did x-rays and they said like, no, you didn't break anything, but you likely either just like severely strained or like very slightly tore one of your tendons in your hand. Um, Yeah. So then she gave me a steroid to like speed up the healing process and she told me that I have to wear this day and night um but yeah I should be able to get back to bouldering soon um it's not going to be too long but just a bummer man yeah that is a bummer that is a bummer anytime like, like bouldering is like what I look forward to every week oh. I was gonna say anytime <sighs> like an injury happens to something that's your escape like then you can't do the escape yeah. it's like what like then it rattles you. Mm -hmm. I have a buddy like it's frustrating because I like. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go. Um, I was just saying, like, I like going to the regular gym, but the whole point of me like finding bouldering was so that I could do something other than the regular gym. So I've just been going and doing a lot of cardio, and 
that's just boring. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting back into it. Yeah. yeah. Good deal. Good deal. Well, I'll let you kick off the, uh, the theme of this week since it was your idea. Yeah. So I thought, well, I was just thinking to myself the other day that as I've aged, as I've gotten older, there's so many things that I'm realizing that I actually really like about myself and that I love about myself. But at one point in my life, I did not, I did not like these certain aspects of my personality. Um, and one of the main things that I was thinking about when it comes to that is, well, I guess I'll first back up and say like, this is a very new concept for me. Like I've only just recently started. And I think it just comes with like self-acceptance, self-love, self-worth, sobriety, like all these things are very like interconnected to one another. Um, I don't think that I would have gotten to this place of loving these certain parts about me if it wasn't for the sobriety, because I feel like sobriety is really what introduced me to my truest version of myself. Before that, I was, um, well, first of all, I just didn't like myself, period. <laughs> that was like the first thing. I didn't like myself. Um, and there was a lot of things I wanted to, to change. Like I wanted to change so much about myself. And what I didn't realize was like, oh no, we need to like take it back a few notches and see like what the like most honest, true, like earnest version of myself. That's what I should be trying to get to. Not like this new version of myself where I've like turned into this person that I want to be. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's not really the direction that I should have been going in, but I didn't realize it at the time. So there's this um, Instagram page and dang, we're going to have to put it in the show notes because I can't remember the name of it right now. But basically it's an artist who takes like little like still images from like old cartoons and kind of just has that as like the perspective or like the POV. And then she types over it, like me to my inner child or like me to my, I can't think of another example, but it's just really cute. And I keep posting them on my, on my Instagram story on the sobriety page and everyone is like loving them. And that's what made me think of this topic is like, there are so many instances where this Instagram is posting like, me, you know, accepting that I feel things so deeply. Like that was, that was one of them. And that's just so true because for years of my life, I thought that me feeling things so deeply was the problem. Whereas no, me trying to not feel things deeply, even though that is just the way I'm wired, me pushing against that, like that was the problem not just who I am as a person. So that's a very um, in-depth way for me to explain the topic this week. But yeah, that's all that I wanted to chat about. Yeah, for sure. Like the one, the example you gave was actually kind of the one that I had. So <laughs> I guess that- I feel like we're both going to be kind of similar with our, yeah, our situation. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was just like empathy. So at a high level to like, just kind of, we're talking about things that we love about ourselves that we used to not love. So- 
Um, yeah, like I would say mine is empathy for sure. So with that feeling things heavily, um, and then realizing that that can be your superpower. Like if you feel things heavily, then you can like really dive into that stuff and, and maybe not so much. I'd say over the past couple of years, I've got a lot better of like not diving into negative spirals that are not going to benefit me. Um, mm-hmm. But just like feeling things is is totally okay. And I think that empathy is like deeper than just feeling things. It's also like, oh, I want to listen to you and I want to help you get through this. Totally. Or it's, mm-hmm. it's not just about me feeling things. It's like, oh, I'm empathetic to this situation. So I think that that's a we live in a selfish world and I am a big contributor of that. I can be selfish in a lot of my actions and thoughts, but I am glad that like naturally I have empathy for other people and other situations. And like, even like my, even my dog, you know, it's like, I'm very empathetic to like how he's feeling and, and like all of that. And I, I love that about me. Like I, I'm not the type of person that would just like, be able to get rid of my dog or anything. I know that sometimes people do that, but it's just like, that's not who I am. And I Mm -hmm. love that myself. It's like, Oh, if, if, if you're on my squad or you're on my team, like we're going together, like nothing's going to really break this up. So what did it look like when you went through like a season of your life where you kind of weren't accepting of that part of you? It was just like a lot of complaining, honestly, like I, mm-hmm. I, I struggled kind of understanding that stage of like, okay, I'm taught, like I'm creating content. This was really mostly like until about a year ago, kind of, honestly, I went through this stage of like, I'm creating content, I'm connecting with other people and I'm doing that because I'm being vulnerable about my feelings and like, that's what they connect with. But a lot of mm-hmm. it was more complaining versus like a helpful insight of, yeah, like I'm feeling this, but I'm also open to the idea of this happening. You know, who knows what's good or bad? Like, I don't really know. So um, like the Chinese, I don't know if it's a parable, like the Chinese parable or whatever. Do you know that? Mm-mm. You heard it. It's it's really stuck with me like the past year. It's basically like this farmer, this Chinese farmer owned two horses and they like ran away and the neighbor came over and was like, oh my gosh, like that's terrible. And the farmer was like, who knows what's good or bad. And then the next day, like the, the horses came back and they had eight other horses with them and that people were like, oh my gosh, like that's great. And he's like, who knows what's good or bad. And then the sun comes out and he's oh. like, oh, we gotta break these horses in because they're like, you know, they're wild. And so like he's breaking the horses in and one of them bucks him and he like falls off and breaks his arm. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. And the farmer's like, who knows what's good or bad? Last one. Next day, the the army comes by and they're like ready to draft the kid to come to war and he can't go because his arm's broken. So the army's like, oh, well, that's too bad. And he's like, who knows what's good or bad. (laughs) So it's basically just like that's stuck with me where it's like, who knows what's good or bad? Um, and I carry that into, into like my more deep thoughts lately, where if, if I'm negative, it's like, well, who knows who really knows if that's good or bad. 
I feel like I'm still really struggling with that actually. Like, even though I do have a lot of like, when it comes to just the topic this week, like I do have a lot of like self-acceptance and I'm more aware. I'm just like self-aware of who I am as a person and how I react to things. Um, but I do feel like I have such a hard time with perspective sometimes where it's like, I'm probably feeling this hard feeling or I'm going through this tough situation for a reason. I just don't know the reason yet. And that's okay. And the, the, that's okay. Part is the hard part for me because I, because I feel things so deeply. I often think like if a bad thing happens, it's, it's the end of the world. It feels like the end of the world to me. Um, Whereas I hope that I get to a point where I kind of can remind myself like, Hey, even though I'm feeling this very intensely and it's very real and I can validate myself that I'm having this reaction to this, I'm hoping I can get to a point where I sort of can have just like the empathy and the trust in myself slash the universe that like this is probably happening for one reason or another and only time is going to tell. Yeah, tell the truth too. It's not just going to tell. It's going to tell the truth of like that it is that for a reason. And and that's another thing that's tough is, is realizing it when you're going through it. When you're out of it, it's so obvious. You're Or even if you're not in the situation, your friends can see it's obvious. Your family can see it. It's obvious. But when it's you and your emotions and your feelings, then it's like, you don't get it. You guys don't get it. Like Mm -hmm. that's, it's just, it's overwhelming. It's a lot of feelings. It's a lot of stuff going on that it's hard to look at without emotion. Literally, that's how people say it, you know, look at it without emotion. And we're saying that emotion is our biggest, you know, (laughs) we can't really look at it that way, but we can know, we can know. Um, It just may not be feeling the way we want to feel but we can still know. I think it's just like I think it's just like practice like it comes down to practicing um this as a skill and it's gonna at, at first come very unnaturally but eventually if you keep doing it then it kind of starts to come more, more naturally and that's basically how I ended up having like the self-acceptance that you know I am a sensitive person and that's just that's just who I am as a person but me thinking back to when I was like a teenager slash like the early portion of my 20s like I just wanted to not care I wanted to not care so bad which is so funny because I'm caring so much about not caring (laughs) like I spent years of my life like that someone that doesn't care does not have that thought process (laughs) exactly that should have been the first red flag um but yeah I wanted to be this like cool calm collected casual like these are all the things that I wanted to be my personality and so I would try I would try to be that and I think that I that caused me to just push down a lot of my emotions, just push everything down, push everything down, ignore, ignore, ignore. And then what's funny is when I would drink, I didn't have like the mental capacity to keep everything down. And so 
it was basically like, I was, by the time I was drinking, I was overflowing with, you know, thoughts and feelings and opinions about things and the drinking, it took away that filter. Like I couldn't, I couldn't keep it down. So then it just exploded. And that's why I was a very like sad person when I was drinking. I was a very mad person when I was drinking because I wasn't facing the emotions as they came naturally. I was just like trying to keep them as low key as possible. Um, But yeah, once I would drink, it was just like can of worms, just like exploding (laughs) everywhere. Um, And it's just so funny because then what I would try to do is just like double down. And like, I was mad at myself. I'm like, why, why was I even upset about, why was I so upset about that last night? It's like, no, you weren't just upset about that last night. You've been upset about that for two weeks yeah. and you've been not talking to yourself about it. You You haven't been processing it. Yeah. Yeah. So exhausting. Yeah. That's, that's definitely, I know the other week we talked about how like drunk words are not sober thoughts, but like there is a element of what I've been suppressing can come Mm -hmm. out. Like there's definitely going to be shit you say that you would never say in any normal state of mind. But um, yeah, I mean, for me, I I almost felt like sometimes I could tap into emotions that I wanted to feel. Um, Mm. But I was like, I I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but like when I would drink, I would be like, oh, I'm going to listen to this album because it felt like to me in that moment, it hit deeper. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it was an illusion. It was like you you gave yourself like permission then to to feel yeah. what that album album is, you know, trying to make you feel. But what's crazy is like now I'm realizing like when I am processing super heavy emotions with a sober mind, it's like getting me somewhere. Like I'm getting from like, point A to point B. Whereas like when I was attempting to process these emotions drunk, like nothing was being resolved. Like nothing was going forward. I was just like hamster wheel, hamster wheel, hamster wheel. Like, it's just like, that's a lot. Now I'm mad at myself for even be upset. Like it was just such a toxic cycle. If there's like one visual that I could give people about addiction, it would be hamster wheel. Like no matter no matter what it is in addiction, whether it's just all right here, like that's all we do, whether it's I want my next drink, whether it's I'm stressed about this, whether like everything mm-hmm. is revolving hamster wheel where we're, we're, we think we want one thing then 10 seconds, like it's just always going back around. That's like the perfect yeah. vision for, for a lot of drinking. And then when you, get into sobriety it's like and then you're like the little fucking mouse that's like like falling out of the hamster Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah this this start of it's going to be really painful you're going to be like tossed out of the hamster wheel and you're going to be be bumpy bumpy flipping (laughs) all around like and then you'll get up and you'll dust off your shoulders and then you can do like the mickey mouse thumbs up walk (laughs) (laughs) And everything's going to be good. But yeah, that that is like a great description of 
of life when drinking, even if, even if not an addiction, but it's just like even the hamster wheel of drinking every weekend, like that can be enough to throw you back into a loop. And it's, and it's so crazy. Cause like, I feel like on a surface level, like it looks like the opposite. It looks like I don't, you know, I want to go out. I want to have fun. I want to be fun. I want to look cute. I don't want to be at home thinking about these, you know, awful thoughts and feelings. Like, as you guys already know, like I did go through a breakup a few months ago and I'm like, you know, still kind of processing it. But what I will say about this situation, this last relationship of mine, um, because I faced this head on for the first time, because like, oh yeah, this is your, all my, all my, yeah, all my other breakups that I had in adulthood, I was still a drinker. So now this is like my first one as a sober person. Um, like this sounds kind of fucked up, but like, like my crying sessions this time around were like productive, like yeah. something, something was being like healed. Yeah. Like something, it was like a wound was being, was going through a healing process versus like when I was drinking, still the same wound of a, of a breakup, but I just kept breaking it open time and time again you know what I mean like there was no actual like healing process happening um the healing much longer when you're picking the scab so much long yes yeah and it probably will leave a scar if you're picking at it are we back on our metaphor shit it's been about (laughs) four months this one's actually so good (laughs) you're just talking hamster wheels and scars over here damn (laughs) I'm so proud of this one. This one makes We're so back. much sense. <laughs> <laughs> back with the symbolism. Um, yeah. Like how drawn out did I make, you know, my previous relationships? Because I wasn't just like facing the shit to begin with. And this time I didn't have a choice. I didn't, you know, I did not drink at all through this breakup. And I feel like I'm in the place that I'm in now. Because, you know, I paid my dues, basically, like, I I really and I still am like, I'm still, you know, but it's just like, you know, my day to day now is, you know, I feel pretty good. Like, I feel happy. I feel excited and hopeful and optimistic for the future. You know, I'm like, I'm really feeling myself again. And yeah, did I feel that way the first month? No, yeah. I was, I was barely able to like, not cry on like a work call you know it was taking all of my mental effort to to just like keep it together emotionally um but that's not a bad thing you know like it it's it's not a bad thing and now I'm realizing like that's the same that's the same driving factor that like makes me so passionate about like being a role model for the sober community and being a good friend. Like my, the drive in my emotions and like the intensity of my emotions, it's the same thing. Like it's for same, like bad emotions and good emotions, you know, me having to take every mental bit of 
my capacity to keep it together at work so that I, you know, keep my job. And even though I'm going through something tough, you know, I can recognize that like, that's the same thing that makes me, you know, such a good advocate for the sober community and such a good friend and daughter and sister. You know what I mean? I hope that made sense. Like your greatest weakness is probably your greatest strength or your greatest strength. Yeah. Like it, it, it is. I mean, if you're super passionate about work, that could definitely be your weakness too. Like there really totally. is a, a pro and con to each of these things, but that's where it's just about awareness. A lot of this is just awareness. If we're aware that, you know, that's something we do, we can feel that we're not going to say we're not going to feel it, but we can put in like healthy measures, healthy guard, like, you know, guardrails sure. to kind of exactly. We can still live in that light, but we're just going to like use it to our advantage and not, you know, not bring it into work, not bring it into these different areas of life. Um, but just, yeah, let it be our strength and, and curb the the negative sides of it. Exactly. Yeah. Did you have another um, one? Or was that? Yeah, no, I was trying to think. Um, I feel like I did. I don't know. Did you? Kind of like, it's, it's kind of a random one, <laughs> but I thought that there was like a bigger picture to it. Um, when I was like probably seventh grade to like 11th grade, um, I curbed a lot of my creative side because it just wasn't cool to be a piano player or it wasn't cool mm -hmm. to like, you know, the, the creativeness wasn't exactly cool. When I started making, like, I always made videos and people thought that was cool. So like, that was kind of the lane that I stayed in. Like, okay, I'll do prank videos or I'll do, you know, funny music videos or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I curbed, like, I curbed the music. I curbed, um, like, I remember going to piano lessons and like, my friend was like, dude, Blazing, like telling our other friends, like, Blazing goes to piano lessons. Like, and everyone's like, oh my God. <laughs> so I'm like I'm not going to piano lessons anymore you know I just quit because of that which like with that being said though like Charlie Puth is like known for being like one of the best piano players and like people love him well I mean like in the moment it's just like that shit's way cool now that's what I'm saying like now that would be oh, I thought of the one well we'll bring it up later but I thought of the what the other one that I was gonna say Keep, keep that's, going. A, that's what I'm saying is like, that's the part of me that I wish that I would have embraced. But it's just like, mm. when you're a kid and you're hanging with the athletes, it's not cool to be like, oh, he's into music. Like, and it's evolved a lot too. The world's way different now, you know? Like now you can kind of be the- Isn't it? Like, I, I feel like high schools are way different now. Like the ecosystem. I think I think so. Yeah. My little cousins and stuff, they're just like living a way different high school life than I lived. Like different stuff is which cool. like yeah. thank God. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But yeah, I just wish I would have leaned into my creative side more. Um, I mean, I obviously do a lot now, but I definitely like held it back until I went to college. Yeah, no, that's that's a good one. And yeah, it's uncomfortable, like leaning into something that you don't know how other people are going to perceive it. And sometimes it kind of like takes 
like getting older almost just to, to be like, I actually, it doesn't even matter what you yeah. think because at the end of the day, it's me that's enjoying it. So I quit doing magic. I did magic for like a year and then I went to middle school and I remember like, oh, this is mad embarrassing. Like people are going to make fun of me. And then like this substitute teacher came in and he worked like with the, at the magic shop and he's like, oh, like Blazik. I'm like, oh, you don't know me. You're like call, calling me out, dude, calling yeah. me out. It's so funny. Like the shit we would get embarrassed with back then, like wanting mm -hmm. like i remember my dad like i used to love this soup that my dad made and he would like put it in like a thermal for me to take to school for lunch and i would like hide it in my locker and just like let it go bad because i was so embarrassed about taking a the thermal i thought that was just like like why would you ever be embarrassed about that kid, that's just like kid logic for you I'm like this is the most embarrassing thing in the world like a thermal i don't know <laughs> why i don't know why yeah yeah i think that just like it just comes with with age and i've made a video actually about this is like you know getting older has such a bad rep just like in our society like getting older aging um but at least with my lived experience I have very much so enjoyed getting older. Um, my brain was a not fun place to be when I was 20. Um, it was very chaotic and I felt like I was losing my mind <laughs> a little bit. Um, whereas now, you know, I still have plenty of things that I need to work on, but I would just say like overall, you know, it's a pretty peaceful place to be now and that has only come with living my lived experience like living life and learning lessons the hard way and like you know what I mean um one of the things I guess you're it's kind of like close to what you were saying with like the creativity thing like I I like trying new things like I like trying new activities, new hobbies. Um, and that was something that I was kind of not like embarrassed about, but I definitely wasn't outwardly talking about it. Like when I was a kid of like getting involved in something new, um, because usually when you're getting started with something, you're not that good at it. Like at, in never. the beginning, you're just, yeah, never. Like you have to go through the what I'm going through right now with bouldering, like I'm, I'm learning every day that I'm climbing because this is a new thing to me before I would like not want to post about it. I wouldn't want people to know about it until I got to like a certain threshold of like, okay, now I'm like pretty good at this. And now I can open myself up to other people knowing that this interests me. Whereas like now I've been bringing you guys along the ride this entire time, you know, like yeah. I'm posting videos of me doing like a V zero or a V one, like that's the literal first level. And I think it's cool that I completed it because <laughs> there was Hell. one day that I couldn't and now I can. So, um, yeah, I guess just like my ability to like or just like my interest in wanting to try new things and now not being so ashamed of it 
mm-hmm. is liberating. And I'm so glad that I've gotten myself to a point where this is the case because that's part of sobriety. If you're living a life. What was that? I said that's part of sobriety too, is just like the confidence you get. Like, yeah, I'm gonna just do like I already am an outlier in this totally. way. Totally. Be an outlier in every way. Yeah. And it's just like you, you, it's so funny too, because like people always say, like, oh yeah, alcohol gives you liquid confidence and liquid courage. And it's like, no, the courage that I've gotten like within the past year and a half is solely from me not drinking and me just like getting to know myself on such a personal and deep level and just trusting myself that like, you know, even if I do make a fool of myself in X, Y, Z situation, that's okay. Like it's not, it's not the end of the world. What really matters is like me making myself happy and me taking the time to enjoy the things that I want to enjoy. Um, I can't really think of many things that are more important than that. Yeah, that has to be number one. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll play a game in a way. Like we're just out here milling around. <laughs> just <laughs> our game. It's our game. Like we can't let other people influence what we want to do or any of that. Like it's just us. Mm-hmm. And as yeah. a kid, I think, is everyone else robots? Am I the only one conscious? <laughs> that thought as a kid that's that's a good one i like that i'm sorry i gotta jump i got some work shit that's no problem um thank you guys for listening we will chat with you guys next week peace guys